0: Welcome to Your Anxious Therapist, where you'll find all things related to anxiety, panic attacks, and health anxiety. I'm your host Haley, and I'll be sharing my own insights and experiences as someone who has personally struggled with anxiety. I'll be real and honest, taking you deep into the nitty gritty parts of anxiety that just aren't talked about enough, because I want you to know that you're not alone in this. I'll also be sharing powerful tools strategies, and tips that will empower you to take your life back so that you can overcome your anxiety for good. Now let's get started. I am so excited to be back today, and I do apologize for the short hiatus that I took. The thing is, I was going to post an episode last week, but the day that I usually post podcast episodes is on Friday, and I realized that it was the day after Thanksgiving, so essentially the holidays got super hectic for me, and I didn't have any time to post it last week, but I'm here to make it up to you, and I'm back today And in this episode, I'm gonna be talking about the fear of symptoms and sensations in your body. This can be one of the biggest questions that I get asked all the time about different symptoms and sensations. And it can honestly be one of the biggest hurdles to overcome when you're actively trying to recover from your anxiety. I know it can feel practically impossible to stop feeling so terrified of your symptoms and your sensations but I promise you that you can get to this point where it no longer impacts you, where you're no longer obsessing about them, wondering when they're gonna show up or when they're going to go away or when your symptoms are going to come back. You don't have to be a prisoner to your symptoms and bodily sensations anymore. Anxiety can quite literally cause hundreds of different symptoms even the most bizarre and unusual symptoms or sensations can be related to or caused by your anxiety. But this is why our brain just has such a hard time processing that the symptoms or sensations that we're feeling are just anxiety. Our brain just goes to that place where it thinks, there's absolutely no way that this particular symptom can be caused by anxiety or that the way that I'm feeling right now is just anxiety. It must be something more than that. There must be something wrong with me if I'm experiencing this symptom and this symptom and this symptom because it feels like your body is just falling apart when you're experiencing so many symptoms. and. You know there are some people out there who experience different anxiety symptoms every single day and not only that some people will experience symptoms all day every day so it truly feels like something is wrong it feels like my body is sick like i'm unwell something is absolutely wrong with me and so you go into this fix-it mode because you're trying to figure out what's wrong with me this can't possibly be anxiety But the truth is that anxiety, like I said, anxiety can cause hundreds of different symptoms and you can experience multiple symptoms at once. So, you know, even if you're not in the midst of a panic attack, and the reason why this is, is because your body is in this sensitized state. It's overly sensitized and it's hyper stimulated as well. And so again, this is why your body is having so many bizarre and unusual symptoms and sensations. It's because this is what can happen when your body is overly sensitized. But I just wanna put a disclaimer in here that of course you should always, always, always first get any symptoms checked out, any concerning symptoms that you have, get them checked out and ruled out by your doctor first just to make sure that nothing else is going on that there's nothing medically happening with you that could explain your symptoms. So again, just always get everything rolled out by your doctor first before just making an assumption that this is just your anxiety. The fear of your symptoms and sensations can turn into a vicious cycle when you start obsessing about finding ways to get rid of the sensations or the symptoms. So you overanalyze them and you misinterpret them as being dangerous and your mind creates stories and narratives about what those sensations mean. This is what your mind says. Dizziness always means that I'm going to pass out. Heart palpitations always means that I'm having a heart attack or I'm going into cardiac arrest. Whenever I have shaky hands, it always means that I have MS or ALS. Whenever I have a headache, it always means that it's a tumor. Whenever I feel nauseous, that always means that I'm going to vomit and throw up. Muscle twitching, whenever my muscles are twitching, this always means that I'm having a stroke. And the list goes on and on. It starts with a sensation that you feel in your body, which almost instantaneously flips a switch in your mind, and you get this oh no feeling. It's almost like you get this whoosh of panic and fear and you get this pit in your stomach. There's a deep sense of dread and fear that can quickly take over whenever you experience a symptom or sensation in your body. And this is really because your mind basically has two questions whenever you feel a sensation in your body. Your mind says, what is this? And why is this happening? Which then turns into your mind creating all these catastrophic stories and narratives about what the symptoms and the sensations mean. And sooner or later, every time you experience that same exact symptom, or maybe you experience a new symptom, your mind immediately goes to that place and to your worst fears. So the first thing you need to recognize and understand and ask yourself is What are the stories that I'm telling myself about what my symptoms mean? This is a really, really good place for you to start. What is it that you think is currently happening to you in those moments? What is the narrative that you're telling yourself about what the symptoms mean? The most common thing that can keep somebody stuck is when you're struggling with symptoms and sensations and you're misinterpreting that your bodily sensations are dangerous or that your symptoms are dangerous. This is why your mind and body are reacting with such an intense state of fear because your mind literally thinks that you're dying or that you're having a life-threatening medical episode or something like that. So you go into the state of fight or flight mode. What you wanna do is work on the misinterpretation of your symptoms and bodily sensations. This is the biggest thing to work on. Every single time our minds create this elaborate, detailed, terrifying story, it only creates more feelings of dread, fear, and panic which then in turn creates even more symptoms. Think about this in terms of watching a really, really scary movie. Whether you're a person that's into scary movies or not, let's just say that you're watching a horror movie and it is truly scary. It's disturbing. It's unsettling. And the longer that you're watching this movie, the more invested you become in the story the more the story feels real because you're getting sucked into it and this is how our minds and our imagination can work as well so when you're watching a st- or when you know when you're watching a movie and you're watching a horror movie let's say the horror movie ends don't you still feel scared and you're like oh that was really scary and maybe start looking over your shoulder maybe you start feeling a little bit paranoid you're like oh my gosh is somebody in my house you know depending on what the The content of the movie was whatever the storyline was you might start to feel afraid it's like if you're watching a halloween movie you might start to think michael myers is coming to get you and even though logically in your head you know michael myers does not exist you might still feel kind of jumpy and scared and you might be easily startled and you might be looking over your shoulder because the movie was really scary for you So again, this is how our minds and our imagination can work. Our imagination can become so detailed and so vivid that you're envisioning yourself actually having a heart attack so if you're somebody who has heart palpitations or skipped heartbeats or something like that you're imagining yourself having that heart attack or let's say you know you're imagining yourself having a stroke or you're imagining yourself getting cancer you're imagining yourself passing out or throwing up or whatever it is that you fear is going to happen to you because of the symptoms you're experiencing You watch this play out in your mind. And the thing is, your brain doesn't understand real versus imagined scenarios. It just responds based on how afraid that you're feeling in that moment. And this is why so many people experience anticipatory anxiety. It's because your brain thinks this scenario that you're currently imagining in your mind is actually happening to you in real life, in the here and now, even though it isn't. Our anxiety can be like a friend who always gives terrible advice. So the thing is, with a friend who always gives terrible advice, they're wrong the majority, if not all of the time. But yet somehow we always listen to our anxiety and our fear. No matter what your anxiety says, it's almost like you always follow along with it and automatically believe whatever it's telling you. So the thing is, you know, I want you to think about this for a moment. Why do we never question the validity of our anxious thoughts, right? Why is our first instinct to just go along with whatever our thoughts are telling us, whatever our anxious thoughts are telling us, we just go along with it and we automatically believe them. This is because your thoughts feel so powerful, the more afraid and terrifying the content of your thoughts are. So the more you're afraid of what your thoughts are telling you, the more real that they feel. And the more detailed and vivid your imagination is, the more you believe that it's actually happening to you or that it will happen to you. So then every single time you feel your heart become even slightly elevated, you immediately go to that worst case scenario and you automatically believe that your heart is going to suddenly stop beating or that you'll go into cardiac arrest. Every single discomfort that you feel in your body, your mind assumes the worst. Anytime you feel any sensation in your throat, you think, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to swallow. Something's wrong with my throat. I'm going to choke. Something along those lines. Every time that your breathing feels slightly different, you think, oh no, what if I suddenly stop breathing? Or what if I never breathe normally again? Every time you feel slightly lightheaded, you might automatically think, oh no, I'm going to pass out in the next 10 seconds. Every time you feel nauseous, you immediately believe that you're going to throw up. So you can apply the same concept to any symptom that you feel in your body. But why is it that you're afraid of some symptoms more than others? And I know that this might not apply to every single person, but really think about it. If you're somebody who's like, oh my gosh, I'm so afraid of dizziness. Like dizziness is my absolute worst anxiety symptom. You know, if that's your worst one, or let's say it's heart palpitations. You're like, I absolutely cannot stand to feel my heart racing at all, that's the worst symptom I can have. You know, why do some symptoms feel more dangerous or more scary than other ones? This is another way that you can start to challenge the fear of your symptoms and your sensations because what you're trying to do is take a step back and look at things more objectively you're, you're basically trying to figure out, okay, if I'm afraid of heart palpitations and that is like the worst symptom for me, I'm absolutely terrified of this. And this is, you know, true story. Heart palpitations was definitely like in my top three worst symptoms for me. But I eventually realized why am I, you know, why am I treating this symptom different than another symptom? So how come I'm treating heart palpitations as being more dangerous than muscle twitching or getting shaky hands, right? Whereas somebody else might start to feel shaky hands and that's their worst symptom. They might say, oh no, this is the worst symptom for me. This feels dangerous. This feels like X, Y, and Z is going to happen. And you can kind of flip it to any symptom or sensation. You know, everyone sort of has their number one worst symptom that they absolutely hate feeling. For some people, it's depersonalization and derealization. And, you know, depersonalization and derealization was also definitely in my top three as well. But, you know, we might all have like a top three or top five worst symptoms. But if you think about it, somebody else's number one worst anxiety symptom might look different than yours. So I just want you to look at this from a different perspective. And it really comes back to realizing that it feels more scary and more dangerous than the other symptoms because of how our mind is interpreting it that's the biggest difference but i know that this can feel really really difficult to try to do in those moments of fear and panic so for now practice doing this when you're not feeling anxious at all or maybe even if you're feeling slightly anxious Why ask yourself this question, you know, why is it that if I feel somewhat lightheaded and I know I haven't eaten for hours, why is it that my first thought is that something is wrong with me and that I'm going to pass out or die versus being able to piece two and two together and tell myself, oh yeah, you know what, I actually haven't eaten in a while and I am really hungry. So this is the most likely explanation as to why I'm feeling a little bit lightheaded right now. Because the truth is, we tend to bypass the more obvious and likely answer to the question that we have and jump towards that worst case scenario and the most catastrophic, unlikely answer as to why we're experiencing those symptoms. So, you know, all in all, I just want you to be able to look at things more objectively and say, hold on, wait a minute. If my heart is elevated, you know, didn't I just walk up a flight of stairs? Doesn't it make sense that my heart is a little bit elevated right now? And again, I know this won't apply to every single situation where you might experience anxiety symptoms, but at least being able to look at things more objectively if things were to happen versus your immediate thought is like oh no something is really wrong and then your mind starts creating this very scary school or excuse me very scary story and narrative to it so you learn to stop fearing the symptoms and sensations when you're able to see them for what they are and not the story that your mind has created about them when you can label the symptoms without adding meaning to them And the same way that you respond to symptoms in other situations. So I use this example a lot, but I want you to think about when you're in line for a roller coaster and you're feeling really excited. Your heart might be racing. Your breathing becomes more shallow. You feel a little bit hot and sweaty. Maybe your hands are starting to shake and tremble. But we don't tend to think about or worry about or even notice those symptoms when we're feeling excited because it's just this heightened arousal that's happening in your body. Excitement and fear produce the same physiological sensations, but there are two different interpretations of it. Excitement in our minds, excitement equals good, fear and anxiety equals bad. This is how our mind labels things. So imagine what would happen if every single time you experienced a symptom or sensation, you were like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. This is exciting. I know it would feel kind of strange and bizarre to do something like that. But at the same time, your brain would be getting a different message and interpreting the symptoms you're feeling in a totally different different ways so this is just another thing you can do and for some people this really helps being able to say to themselves you know whenever they're experiencing symptoms in their body they're like oh my god I'm so excited I'm so excited this is exciting like bring it on you know so it sort of shifts the way that you're responding to your symptoms in those moments and I know this might sound a little bit strange to hear but just hear me out for a moment The symptoms aren't the problem. The problem is how you are responding to the symptoms. If your brain keeps getting this message that your symptoms and sensations are dangerous and something that you're always trying to get rid of, it's actually going to create more symptoms. There's a boomerang effect that happens. And this is because our brain learns and understands through our actions and behaviors, which is how we respond to the symptoms when it shows up. If every single time you respond to your symptoms in the same fearful way, your brain is absorbing that and it's learning from your actions and behaviors and your responses in those moments. So your job is to try as best as you can to leave the symptoms alone. I know you might be thinking, How on earth am I supposed to leave dizziness alone? Or how am I supposed to leave this chest pain or tightness alone? Or how am I supposed to leave my skipped heartbeats alone? Or how am I supposed to leave this blurry vision alone? How am I supposed to leave depersonalization and derealization alone? And the thing is, you're right. It's not an easy thing to do at all. It can be really, really hard to not try and do something to get rid of the symptoms because they feel so scary and they feel so uncomfortable. So I say this with all the love in the world, it's not about something that's super easy to do. Trying to leave your symptoms alone and let them be there is so challenging. It can feel so difficult and that's why I said in the beginning it can feel almost impossible to not Do anything about your symptoms and to just let them be there and to try to tolerate them existing as much as possible. It doesn't mean that you accept that your symptoms are going to be there for the rest of your life. It just means in this moment, I'm going to allow and surrender to these symptoms and just let them run its course and let them be here. So the more that you leave your symptoms alone, those symptoms do eventually go away As a byproduct and as a result of you doing this. And this is exactly what you want to happen, right? The thing is that, you know, for those who have anxiety, they're often action takers. We like to do things when we have anxiety. We like to do things. We're doers. We're like, let me do all the things. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. But what you're essentially trying to learn is how to do the opposite of this, which is not doing anything at all about your symptoms. It's just about this inaction of your symptoms, not doing anything at all, and just letting them be and letting them run its course. So that way your brain learns and receives a different message. But if you keep struggling with focusing on lasering in on your symptoms, it's almost like holding up this magnifying glass to them. You're examining them, you're looking at them closely, you're trying to figure out a way to stop them or get rid of them. But they keep showing up over and over again because your brain, all your brain knows and understands is that you are treating the symptoms as this scary and dangerous thing that must be stopped at all costs. So your brain is going to respond to this by trying to protect you and keep you safe from your symptoms. But ironically, you end up getting more and more of those anxiety symptoms that you're trying so hard to get rid of. But I just want you to know that it definitely takes a lot of practice shifting to new ways of responding to your anxiety symptoms that you might not have been doing beforehand. You might have been responding differently to them beforehand. So being able to let your symptoms be there is, you know, it could look something like this. If your heart is going to pound, let it pound. If your hands are going to shake and tremble, let them. If you're Muscles are going to twitch, let them twitch. The practice of letting go is about allowing the symptoms to happen and surrendering to them and tolerating them. You know, whichever phrase feels or, sorry, whichever phrase resonates the most with you, you can use. But as long as you're trying to do your best to let go of that tension in your body in those moments and just trusting that the symptoms will eventually pass. Do the opposite of what your body is trying to do in those moments when you're anxious, you know. When we feel anxious, our body tenses up. What if you just try to loosen it up in those moments? You know, that's how you can start to practice letting go, just letting go and releasing that tension and allowing the symptoms to be there. I do get a lot of questions where people will ask, you know, how do I get rid of this symptom? How do I get rid of this symptom? How do I get rid of this? My hands won't stop shaking, what do I do? But the thing is, like I said, ironically, what you do is actually nothing. You don't do anything about them. It's like, oh, I noticed my hand is shaking. I used to try so hard to get my hand to stop shaking. I'd clench it in a fist, I'd try to hide it, I'd try to do anything I could because I couldn't stand looking at my hand shaking because every time I looked at it, I thought that I had ALS or MS. I thought something was wrong with me and I was terrified. But instead, I just said, okay, my hand is shaking and trembling. So I'm just going to let it. I'm just going to let it. And I'm not going to keep looking at it as my hand is shaking and trembling. I'm going to get back to life. I'm going to get back to what I was doing in the here and now and engaging in life. So basically, you know, you want to be able to practice teaching your brain that you're not actually in danger and you do this through your actions and your behaviors because this communicates the message that you are safe despite experiencing tons of symptoms. So when you're, you know, what you want to basically do is understand what are the scary stories that I'm telling myself about what my symptoms mean, What are all those what if questions that come into my mind? All the worst case scenarios. What are the things that are adding fuel to the fire and making me feel even more afraid of my symptoms? So you want to be able to learn how to take a step back and look at your symptoms more objectively and try to detach from them by just letting them be there for however long they need to be there And then again, shift your focus and attention towards engaging in life again and engaging in your values again. This is the biggest thing you can do. You know, no one said that this was going to be easy, right? This is very difficult and it's, it's extremely difficult, but I believe in you. Even if you don't believe in yourself, I was you. I was terrified of any sensation or symptom that I felt in my body and I felt a lot of different symptoms in my body all the time and it feels kind of like an odd thing to tell people that you're afraid of your own body but it's true isn't it? This is the life that you can experience when you struggle with anxiety but I want you to be able to no longer look at yourself as an anxiety sufferer because you're more than that. You're an anxiety warrior and you're not going to give up on yourself. And you're not going to give up on trying to work through your anxiety and overcome it. I believe in you, even if you don't believe in yourself. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want more in-depth help from me on overcoming your anxiety and overcoming your symptoms, you can sign up for my waitlist, the Health Anxiety Recovery Roadmap, which is going to be my new signature online course I will be giving you every single thing A to Z on everything you would ever need to do to fully recover from your own health anxiety, including the fear of your symptoms and sensations. Also, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any new episodes, and I'll see you next time.